When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Pod Save the Queen! Hello and welcome to Pod Save the Queen. I'm Zoe Forsey, your host this week. We really hope you enjoyed our special episode with Tracy Borman last week. It was fascinating to catch up with her. And on this week's show, we've obviously got a huge bumper edition of all the things that we missed during that week. So we have Commonwealth Day, we have St. Patrick's Day, and of course... Ian and Russell are out in the Caribbean with the Duke and Duchess of Cambridge. Now, we've tried really hard to make the logistics of the very busy tour itinerary work with time differences. But apart from it, Dan and I recording at 2, 3 a.m. in the morning, it wouldn't quite work. And while Dan loves Pod Save the Queen, I'm not entirely sure we would have won him over on that one. So what we're going to do is we're going to do the kind of Commonwealth side of things now. Then we're going to have a drop in from Russell and Vogler, giving us a bit of an update of what they've done so far. The great engagements they've done and then we will kind of catch up on everything on the tour next week so Russell and Ian haven't actually recorded their segment to drop in yet so it'll be the magic of Dan's technical like technical editing together and I don't actually know what we're going to discuss so I can't let you know on that one yet but I'm sure it'll be brilliant but for today to talk me through some of the events that have been happening a little bit closer to home I'm joined by Rebecca Russell who is the My London Royal Reporter. Hi Rebecca welcome to Pod Save the Queen. Hiya. Lovely to be here. Thank you. Well, yeah, thank you so much for joining us and getting us out of a bit of a kind of a Russell-shaped hole that we had in the itinerary this week. But it's great to have you. And you obviously know a lot about the Royals and have been covering the, you know, lots that we've got having on, including Commonwealth Day. So you were working that day, as was I. And it was it was really lovely to have that event back again. Obviously, it's, it's one of my favourite days of the year, actually. I love Commonwealth Day. After Trooping of the Colour, I think it's my royal my royal highlight. Um, there's all the kind of looks and you just get to see the performances are always great, aren't they? What did you think of this year's, this year's event overall? I just thought it was incredible. I mean, especially because uh, the Queen sadly couldn't be there. Um, but Catherine and William and uh, Camilla and Charles they obviously more than made up for her absence and it was you know it was lovely to see them all together it really was I one of the things I always love about Commonwealth Day is seeing their engagements and them chatting and they had a lovely greeting didn't they when they got there they kind of had like you know a little kiss on the cheek which was really nice to see yeah and there was uh, Princess Alexandra joined them of course and they you know they all met each other with kisses and that was lovely to see as well yeah it was really nice and a lot of people don't know too much about her so what's why was she there so Princess Alexandra is, many people might know this, she's the Queen's first cousin and she's incredibly, incredibly close with the Queen, uh, you know, a treasured member of her inner circle, along with the likes of her dresser, Angela Kelly, the Countess of Wessex and Lady Sarah Chateau. Um, but Princess Alexandra, she's devoted her entire life to charitable work. Uh, you know, she's supported everything from the Florence Nightingale Association and Sight Savers. You know, she had an incredibly... Um, challenging upbringing in that her father died when she was very small uh, when her youngest brother was just only a month old in a RAF plane crash in Scotland so she was raised largely by her mother the um, Princess Marina Duchess of Kent. 
Cool. And yes, it was really lovely to see her there and to see mm. her joining that. And obviously, as you mentioned uh, previously, the Queen, we actually found out quite early, didn't we? We found out on the Friday that she wasn't going to be attending on the Monday, um, which was obviously really disappointing. But she did put out that, um, that lovely statement, as she said, in this year of my Platinum Jubilee, it has given me great pleasure to renew the promise I made in 1947 that my life will always be devoted to service. Today, it is rewarding to observe a modern, vibrant and connected Commonwealth that combines a wealth of history and tradition with the great social, cultural and technological advances of our time. That the Commonwealth stands ever taller is a credit to all who have been involved, which I think was a really nice, mm. a really lovely message to put on the day. Again, tying in the Jubilee stuff, which is huge this year. But it was it was really nice to see a message from her, even though we didn't get to see her on the day. No, especially. And uh, the links to the speech that she gave on her 21st birthday from South Africa, the Commonwealth speech that she gave, again, where she devoted her entire life to service of the great imperial family. Uh, and it was lovely to see the exact mirroring of the the wording that she used. It really was. It was lovely. And let's talk about some of the outfits because there was a huge, you know, some really lovely outfits there. Um, in particular, it it's always Kate, isn't it? And I always feel a bit sorry for Camilla because Camilla has some incredible looks too. But Kate looked absolutely amazing in that blue, yeah, absolutely that blue look. What did you think of it? I just thought it was absolutely stunning. And it was a Catherine Walker dress, wasn't it? So it was that's um I think it was Diane one of Diana's favourite uh, designers as well. So that was a lovely nod. Um the blue was just absolutely stunning. It was and such a bright blue, yeah. yeah. And uh, compared, you know, she was like the jewel tones of uh, Camilla was in purple and so was Princess Alexandra. So they both they all just popped and they just looked incredible as they walked into the Abbey. I think you can, there was that velvet collar, which was lovely in the statement. I think you can always tell Catherine Walker, obviously since doing this podcast, I'm trying to do the thing where I like yeah. look at things, I'm trying well, I'm not quite there yet. I'm no, I'm no Sarah Bradbury. She, <laughs> I'm way off her level of fashion expert, but I think you can the tailoring is always so state. It's always perfect. This was a, bes, uh, a bespoke version of that Catherine Walker coat, um, but you can get kind of like a slightly different version, you know, on to buy she teamed that with some navy heels and a lovely jimmy Choo handbag and the necklace and earrings lots of people mentioned as well um, mm. and there was a really you know a really kind of touching meaning behind those we think as well don't we yeah no so um it's thought that the necklace and earrings were given to um catherine by princess diana um, not by princess diana sorry by prince william and they used to belong to princess diana um, but everyone pointed out online that one of the last times she wore the combination, the necklace and the earrings together, was when her and Prince William welcomed the Ukrainian President Zelensky to Buckingham Palace in 2020. So that was, again, many people um, believe that was a nod to uh, her, her support for Ukraine. It was really, you know, we've seen lots of these, you know, we know that Catherine loves making you know, statements with her jewellery. And I think that was a really, really important one, especially obviously due, you know, the the horrifying um, things that's happening over in Ukraine at the moment, as we discussed quite a lot uh, in the episode the week before last, because she went to the, when she went to the Ukrainian centre, mm -hmm. she obviously wore the, the colours again. And I think, you know, it might have been a coincidence, but the fact she was in blue again, I think was, you know, as she said, it might have been a coincidence, but who knows and Camilla did look lovely she had that that long purple coat on which was gorgeous and the black boots which I really liked oh, too stunning, yeah. yeah she did look great and as we said it was lovely when they came in and they had like a little kiss on the cheek didn't they and greeted each other and actually there was a I think there was a, a lit reader had kind of picked up that they 
apparently Charles and Kate were discussing, you know, like they were making plans for seeing each other in a few weeks' time, which I liked. Yeah, we're going to pop round, which I really liked. Um, Nice to see that they're, you know, just having a catch-up as well. And I guess they they know they've got the world watching them and everyone there, but they Mm. are one of those moments that remind you that they are just family as well. And, you know, popping over for a cuppa, hopefully, (laughs) which is really nice. Um, There was one really sweet moment, actually, that was missed on the day itself and I don't think it was kind of picked up until the day after because it was in a certain set of photos but there was a really lovely moment when they went outside didn't they and Kate what, well, there was something with an umbrella. I think was yeah. William was holding the umbrella over Kate, but I think there was a really cute story behind it, wasn't it? Of, yeah. Yeah. So it was, um, if I'm remembering it rightly, it was the someone offered Kate the umbrella and she just said, no, 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 I'm good, thank you. And then um, she was chatting away and William kept noticing that she was get, uh, getting rained on. So he ran up to her with the umbrella, which was really sweet. It's really cute. It's really, yeah, those little moments which are nice. I think he, he did well there. Good good husbanding <laughs> if that's a phrase but yeah it was so lovely to see commonwealth day back uh, a really good event loads of great acts as well wasn't it? loads of good performances um yeah it was a really really good event actually it was just nice again i know we keep saying this and i feel like i'm saying it to death now but it feels like just lovely to have like normal things back again um which is really good and the other kind of lockdown pre-covid event that came back this time was st patrick's day which was really nice obviously uh charles and camilla but also uh, the cambridges again have been out doing lots of fun paddy's day bits and bobs uh, the duke and duchess of cambridge uh, returned they went to their normal parade in aldershot uh, where they met the first battalion irish guards at mons barracks and this is the tradition that women in the royal family present uh, sprigs of shamrock to officers and guardsmen who then kind of in turn issue them along the ranks don't they it's mm. it's again one of these events that you can look back at photos over the generation the queen mother used to do it didn't she yes, and yeah. yeah no but uh, i think there was that one year where um they broke the 120 year old tradition where um i think it's in 2016 catherine couldn't go and so william had to hand out the shamrocks but there was a quote that said um that the lads were really excited it was him <laughs> handing them out rather than uh, Kate that year and I thought that was really funny yeah mix it up a bit I yeah. think yeah no I think it's a really nice tradition and it's lovely that they got to do it again um, and Kate wore as she always does all in green she wore that well, it's been described by people that know more about fashion than I do as a fashion green velvet <laughs> coat so there we go uh, which is by um, perfectly named by a law by laura green london uh so we think that cost about three thousand two hundred uh pounds and she wore the shoes well they were impressive big heels as well mm, weren't they huge stilettos and it's actually funny because that year looking back that year that she got her uh, her heels stuck in the drain and had to be sort of, of course sort of yeah she got on yeah so off. i bet you she was absolutely on high alert for any yeah very true any, <laughs> any accidents this year and that gold shamrock brooch as well was really mm. nice. And she's, she's worn that before, hasn't she? Yes, yeah, yeah. It's a good... I love that she she very much goes on theme for things like this, doesn't she? And she really throws herself into it and she looks absolutely amazing. Um, and one of my favourite things from this event every year is obviously the special guest that is the um, the uh, the royal mascot, uh, who is a an Irish wolfhound, Seamus. And that is the massive dog that they go and see, don't they? Yeah, the huge, great, big, grey dog. Because they said... Um, 
was the handler was worried that he would misbehave, but he was on top form apparently. So that's that's a brilliant story as well. Yeah, and such a well trained dog to just stand oh, there yeah. when and you know, if nothing else like the cam you know, obviously there's loads of photographers there and all the noise from that and mm. everything going on and the fact he'd just stand there and well we know that the we know that Kate loves dogs, don't we? So oh, yeah, yeah sure. she sat there and had a little got to meet him, didn't little she? Cuddle. Little cuddle, which was great. But my Obviously, Kate looked lovely. I can't beat an event, royal event with a dog at, but it was the little girl that stole the show, oh, didn't yes. she? Yeah, she, no, was she was so absolutely sweet. gorgeous. And um, so she, what, what, so her job wasn't it was to present. You know, she needed to give Kate a bunch of flowers, but mm. she, um, she decided that she she'd wanted them herself, didn't yeah. she? What happened there? So she, uh, I think Kate leant down to see to compare their flowers, and then her name was. Uh, Gaia money I think yeah that was the one um, yeah yes and she she decided that she wanted both of them so she, <laughs> she took them off Ke- uh, Kate as well which was really funny and, uh, Kate was heard to say shall we swap and then she just uh, now you have both of them is what she said <laughs> oh brilliant I love it's those moments of Kate with children where she really oh, just comes so in she kind sweet. of yeah she she almost she is obviously royal still but you just see you see mum Kate come and same with Charles when he meets kids and not Charles sorry <laughs> William when he meets when he's out and he meets children but they, she just looks in her element and she looks so yeah, happy there sweet. and yeah absolutely adorable little girl she was wearing that little coat as well wasn't oh, yeah. she that was the navy and the blue and yeah she completely completely stole the show I think and her mum Lorraine said afterwards she said that uh, Kate was really lovely um, and she said that you know Kate let her keep the flowers and apparently she'd been she'd been practicing her curtsy at nursery yeah. but hadn't quite nailed it before the big day oh. so <laughs> no, but no Kate is so brilliant with children isn't she she's uh, been dubbed by royal fans as the children's princess yeah which is really a sweet nickname especially her work with um the early childhood development and that's you know when we saw in Denmark earlier uh last month when all the little children were just flocking to her to give her a hug which is really lovely it's definitely it's it's so great it really is and obviously she did the um which I'm sure Russell and Ian will talk about she did the engagement this you know during the Caribbean tour where she was talking about the kind of early you know like early years and stuff and William said something along the lines of oh I'm out of my depth here and Kate was like no you've heard me talking about it all the time so it's really interesting to see that they obviously have these conversations at home as well as I suppose any couple does with their you know workload and things um right so that's kind of a kind of update of where we were and things we didn't get a chance to discuss last week so I'm now going to hand you over hopefully to uh, Russell and Ian to give us an update of the first half of the Cambridge's trip to the Caribbean and based on the photos that Russell and Ian have both been sharing on social media it looks absolutely beautiful and we've definitely got the short end of the stick stuck in here while London is beautiful and sunny we're not on the beach we've we've done badly here we so need jealous. to we need to work on it for next time Hello, right, I lied. Sorry, you're stuck with me again. I know I promised you Russell and Ian, but Ian has had to go off and do more fun things around uh, the tour. So you've got me with the, but we do have Russell with us. So welcome, Russell. How is everything going so far? Well, it it sounds sounds like the booby prize. People have been calling calling for Ian, so I am sorry. But um, yes, we've managed to grab a few minutes. I do apologise. Our communication has been rather lacking this week, but it's uh, a combination of, you know, one of these tours are just um, super, super busy, lots of travelling. always say it's like a glorified school trip because you're sort of on and off of buses when the Royals are travelling on helicopters and sort of jetting <laughs> into places and you're, uh, you're packed on a bus cheek by jowl with, uh, with you know, Sunday the journalist. But um, 
we can't complain because we have been um, really welcomed. The, the the couple of countries we've been to at the uh, at the moment, um, Belize and Jamaica has just been super super hospitable. The royal tour has been. Um, I think it's been well received uh, uh, overall. I, th- I know there's been you know, a lot of um, controversy around a couple of protests. I mean, uh, but but overall, I think you've got you've got to look at it on balance. And the the, the pro- protests that have happened uh, have been sort of small in number, but quite loud in voice. I think, and that has reverberated not only around the countries. That they've happened um it's they've, they've actually gone around the world and i think that's possibly because there is a, a bigger issue at hand and that is obviously the the issue of uh, these caribbean nations um vying to become republics in their own right as barbados did last year so there is a it's a it's a difficult one for for william and kate i think because some people have said that this tour was ill-advised i mean it's, it's under a backdrop of um the platinum jubilee of course and uh and a bit a big tour like this because everyone's been grounded for two years there was an awful lot of excitement so um but overall no i think i think it's gone i think it's gone well um we arrived in belize on saturday again talking about those protests there was a protest on the friday which was a small indigenous group that were um sort of calling for an apology. I think um, there was quite a bit of anti-colonial sentiment. There was um, a local group who said that they really hadn't been consulted about the visit at all. They were unhappy that the, the royals had sort of demanded to land a helicopter on the local school football field and the, the local people weren't weren't told but when you actually got through to the actual what had happened it was it actually nothing to do with the palace and it's um it was to do with the, the local government aspect of it not really communicating with the local um community about what they required for them in order to stage um the the, the royal visit so to their credit, I don't think it was anything to do with the planning behind the Kensington Palace machine that was in place. And the local government did issue an apology and, and say that it was sort of their, um, their cock-up, really. And then we sort of had to, you know, moving on, it, it was, did it start with under a cloud? There were certainly headlines that, uh, that would suggest so. And, and I think that they were then almost on the back foot but they're they they're super professional they get they get on with the job they're super prepared um belize fantastic country i mean absolutely beautiful i think there's only four hundred thousand people who live in it but it's absolutely vast and it's uh it's just tremendous countryside beautiful coastline we went to a place called hopkins which is known as the uh the, the happiest place in belize and it didn't oh, didn't disappoint because that was one of the yeah i mean i was it was it was great it was it, beautiful sandy beaches they had local dancing they had local trying them local cuisine do you remember these people have seen the images of um uh, William and Kate dancing around. Um, some people being a bit unfair on William. I think that, yeah, there was lots of comments of dad dancing, dad but dancing. I thought he did quite well. That the yeah. hips were going. It was. Yeah, <laughs> yeah they just looked like they were They looked like they were having so much fun. Yeah, they did, and that they, they, they landed under a small cloud. There was then questions about how the rest of the tour was go, and certainly. 
leaving Belize and then going to Jamaica, um, I, I think there was a bit of nervousness, not necessarily by them, but, but certainly the people on this tour, the, the, the staff, um, because Jamaica is, is certainly next in line of these uh, Commonwealth and um, realm nations who are forging their own path. They, they definitely will become a republic. I mean, just, I'm jumping around a bit here, but just yesterday they, uh, they met the, the prime minister of Jamaica and he said, um, almost before they'd even, they didn't even sat down, and he said, you know, listen, we're moving on. It's a great, great that you're here. We're welcoming you as, as, as people, but um, there isn't a place for the monarchy anymore in Jamaica. And I, I, I've spoken to some, some politicians here in Jamaica and certainly heard the, the local um, opposition, as well as the government, are very, very united in this. And they're, they're trying everything to, to speed that process up. So it's definitely going to happen in the next 12 12 to 24 months that they will become a republic. Um, but just back, jump back, just jumping back to Belize, they, they, they went to um, the, the, uh, the Hopkins place on the coast, happiest place in Belize. Then they went to do some jungle survivalist training, which I went on deep into the jungle with Kate and William, which was tremendously exciting, actually. Ooh, a lot of, what did you learn? What, what survival well, skills did you learn? I le well, I learned how to potentially kill an animal Ooh. with a trap, if you were, if you were, how to fashion a trap, um, how to build a watertight cover used using palm leaves, um, used how, you know, how to hack off a vine a big sort of water vine out of a tree and use it to drink water. So I think I'd be pretty adept. Oh, if great. I was you're ever you're sorted now. You're yeah. I, I'm literally like Rambo. Yeah, um, you can eat, you can drink, you can have shelter. Fine. I might move to the, to the, to the yeah. Belizean jungle. Uh, you never know. But uh, th I mean, that was tremendous fun. The, the, there's British soldiers stationed out in Belize. Um, I mean, every, it's all part of British soldiers' training that they go to do their jungle training in Belize. And, um, and they were sort of popping along, seeing the, the, the collaboration between the local forces and the British forces. And, and you know, Belize really benefits, I think. This was my, my interpretation from speaking to locals out there, that they are... I don't think they're making the noises to become a republic just yet. They really do appreciate the the, the link in with um, the, with Britain on a safety safety aspect for collaboration for trade. Um, but Jamaica is a very different beast, and I oh, think. Oh, quickly before we move on, scuba diving that was in oh, yes. Belize as well, wasn't it? Those well, it pictures was. were amazing in the videos. They were, and I mean, talking about controversies, it, it, it's it's difficult because. William and Kate are here, obviously, on a taxpayer-funded trip. They are here on behalf of the, um, the, the government and the Queen in, ter in terms of her Platinum Jubilee um, tour. And the, the references to the Platinum Jubilee are everywhere in, in, in this tour. However, the, I mean, this, it wasn't an official engagement. So they went diving in Belize with Matt Porteous, who is the celebrity photographer who is here in a personal capacity, we are told, being paid for privately by William and Kate in order to capture some sort of behind the scenes footage. And I, and I did think there was a bit of a backlash when they posted a video just before they were taking off. And it was sort of their f farewell to, um, to Belize by saying you know, Belize is the second largest coral reef in the world. They're huge on um, environmentalism trying to protect the e ecological nature of the country is really, really important for, for tourism. 
and also to, to, to protect it for, for the natural world for the people who actually live there. But, you know, there is a lot of things going on in the world and we, the conflicts in Ukraine that, that William and Kate have, have mentioned here, certainly William in, in his speech last night, um, and the cost of living crisis going on at the moment, the headlines are full of how people are struggling um, back home in the UK. And is it necessarily a great look when you're on a private engagement, the media weren't invited? I mean, it sounds like sour grapes, it really wasn't. I think this is important context to, ha to have almost that they're, they're taking a celebrity photographer that's known for taking these amazing underwater shots and he's featured Megan in the past. He's, he's done lots of stuff with Duke and Duchess of Cambridge. Um, and you're kind of having a jolly. Um, I, don't, I still don't know where I sit on the fence on it, really. I mean, I, I get both sides of the argument because William and Kate, they need a bit of downtime as much as the next person. It is relentless, these tours. They're super, super busy. I mean, probably a bit less relentless for them flying around in a chopper and we're on, on and off um, little buses. It sounds like I'm moaning, but I'm not. But <laughs> I think that they definitely do need downtime and they've sort of... Um, it combined that with this trip and the palace was saying, listen, they were invited by the Belizean government. It's really important to get that message out there. And, and I definitely understand that. That video that they put on social media got picked up all over the world. All the media organizations picked it up and wrote about it and used the video. Millions of people would have seen that. And they get this message out there about protecting the, the natural environment. That That is really, really important to, to both of them, especially to William with their shot. So, I think there is um, a method in it, but there also is an argument to say, is it the right sort of thing to be doing? But you, sometimes you can't win. And I think they probably know that. And their view is that it's a really good moment to do it by saying goodbye to Belize. People are expecting, you know, people are watching this tour to see what's happening every minute. So I didn't think it was necessarily, um, maybe the timing was a little bit off because we were just sort of going up in the air um, but but it, it does get the message out there. So I, I, I'm going to sit on the fence with this one because I think um, it, it does serve a purpose. So then we jet into Jamaica and just hours before there were a size, there was, a, I would say, a sizable protest. I think there was, I, I put the figure around between 60 and 100. Some people have said it was a bit more, but it was certainly talking, yeah, let's say 100, 150 people were gathered. And, um, and this, this, campaign for reparations for not only Britain's role within the slave trade uh, that is, has been well documented but the, the British monarchy's role within the slave trade and that is you know, a, a real tricky subject for the current royals because they're not direct descendants but it's you know, they, are, they are representative of the British monarchy that did perpetuate and um, financially benefit from the evil practice um, of slavery. So I think you, I think you can, you really have to identify with the fact that William and Kate are the representation of the monarchy, the, the face of it, the future of it, and certainly with a backdrop of Jamaica um, moving forward, as Prime Minister said to them yesterday during the meeting, uh, you know, we are moving on. Your visit is a perfect opportunity to 
for us to make our voice heard that we welcome you as uh, as guests because of the the, the, the really fantastic and uh, well-known hospitable nature of the Jamaican people but it's not personal but we we are going we, we're forging our own path now and, and William did reference that in in a speech he made yesterday so there are so many levels I've, I've never really known it like this before but I suppose I haven't been on a Caribbean tour and, and I think we are in a huge moment in history that is a crossroads for these Caribbean nations so um, I mean we covered the, the protests extensively and I think correctly because when you're when they're flying into a country they need to be very very uh, done their homework of course but they need to be really on point with the uh, the optics of what is happening, uh, the the political relationships with the, with the country, and and they do they do take time and effort and are really diligent about that. I was told they're certainly aware of the pro the protest. Uh, we were we were told that William was going to to make reference in his speech about slavery, which he did, um, but. Again, it may be small in number, but loud in voice because it's got uh, huge, huge connotations for for the future of this country, and again, the future of of other Caribbean nations. So, um, but then when you can try can compare that to the fact that they went to Trenchtown and they had like a pop star's welcome. That I mean, was it was huge. The photos of that were mad. There was huge crowds, weren't there? And like everyone was cheering, and it was so loud. It was, and you know, when they when they arrived, I mean. It was like you, you you wouldn't have known anything else was ever happening on this island because there was hundreds of people there. There were screaming their names. I mean, there was a few sort of um, obviously real famous sons and daughters of Jamaica as well. They had the Olympic bobsled team. They had the um, the, the guys and girls who have just come back from um, Beijing for the Winter Olympics. Raheem Sterling was there. I mean, England and Manchester City footballer, but born in Jamaica, Jamaican parents, moved to the UK when he was five. Um, and so there was a, you know, it was a car, I would say a carnival atmosphere. They went to Trenchtown, they were playing the drums, they were listening to um, music being played outside Bob Marley's house and really getting involved. I mean, William putting his football boots on, I met that's a metaphor. He was actually wearing his, his boots, but. <laughs> Playing football with with the local team with Raheem Sterling, the crowd were going wild, and it was a it was an absolutely awesome atmosphere. So when it's a, when it's uh, compared and contrasted with that, you, you've got to say again what people were saying to me is, of course they're welcome here. Everybody's welcome to Jamaica. So it's a, it's a, it's a it's a fantastic island and hugely hospitable people, which we have absolutely found to be true. But what they represent has to be addressed and. You know, moving on to that um, that meeting with the Prime Minister um, and moving on to, to William's speech at the Governor-General fancy dinner that was on Wednesday night, last night, you, you, you see why William really did have to tackle the, the issue of slavery. And, and, and I think that, you know, he, he did stop short of issuing an apology. And that is certainly what some people some campaigners were calling for. They wanted an apology from a member of the royal family for the, the role that the British monarchy played within slavery. And, and he did stop short of that. I mean, he did say, um, I want to express my profound sorrow. Well, that, that is an emotion rather than an apology. Um, obviously, his words were very punchy. Slavery was abhorrent and it should have never have happened. But then by referencing 
his father, Prince Charles's words on the subject, he's, he's, he's aligning himself with what Prince Charles has said. And, and certainly I was in Barbados in November when he made a speech saying the, you know, the appalling atrocity of slavery forever stains our history. And, and William was saying, I strongly agree with my father, the Prince of Wales on that. And Prince Charles, it's not the first time he said that. Prince Charles in 2018, um, I believe it was a visit to Ghana, he made a, a, a very, very punchy speech along the same uh, lines of talking about how, how this does forever stain our history. Um, and, and I think that is enough for some. Um, there is the argument of, of whether it, it politicizes an issue if William becomes the figurehead to apologize. It's, it's quite a politician's thing to do. I mean, this is the, the, the argument put forward of why he wouldn't necessarily apologize. So again, there are so many levels that need to be considered. And I, I think they have walked a tightrope really with, with the protests and they've just got to get on and be themselves. But you know, they, they really do have a tough job out here. Um, and that, that's the way of the world, isn't it? That they, they are the, the future of the monarchy. They understand the, the issues at hand. And certainly the Prince of Wales has always said, and I know Prince William stands by this, that it's very much, um, very much a, a decision for the people. If they want to become republics, they will you know, still remain within the Commonwealth. But it's, it's a decision for the people, and they would never stand in their way. So while there may be some sadness i suppose of saying goodbye to the 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 link in with these these countries i i think they are definitely definitely um hugely aware of of the 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 anti-monarchy sentiment and what that stands for in the modern world and when when you actually look at it is it is it right that there should be a king or queen five thousand miles away on a nation that has been um, really exploited be it from from slavery, and certainly the, the, when you speak to these impassioned campaigners, you really get a sense of of what that that means to them. So um, we're finishing up here in Jamaica. I mean, William said he wants to bring the kids back here in his speech yesterday. I mean, no doubt they would possibly come back here. I don't think on holiday, but I, I don't think it will be in an official capacity. I think the next time you see a royal, certainly in Jamaica, will be like Prince Charles in Barbados, where there is a not necessarily a handover ceremony, but a, a ceremony to wish them on their way. Um, and we touched down in Bahamas. And again, there's a, a backdrop of protests. There's an open letter being written from the Reparations Council. And um, and it will be it will be a tricky one to navigate that. But listen, it's it's been a great atmosphere. There is issues at hand. And I think they've, they've really handled it expertly. So... Um, I will probably been wittering on for too long, so I will. <laughs> Not wrap at all. Up. It's fascinating. As you said, yeah. it's really interesting to see. Obviously, there's the normal side of a tour that we're used to seeing with fun engagements, talking about charity work, talking about the causes they're passionate about and they're campaigning for, but also with this huge historical issue as well that's you know having that real divide and I think as you said it's been it was always going to be a, a difficult not difficult that's the wrong word it was always going to be a more you know yeah a difficult talk Challenge, yeah I yeah. think so I think it's, cha it's challenging challenging it's, it's, yeah it's testing themselves and William's making a big speech on slavery you know, look at his words he's you can, you can tell that the he he really has thought about it the meaning behind them it's a historical statement a landmark statement and so i get why people would say well he hasn't apologized well you have to take everything in context and um he might feel that he's not the person to do that you know, they might feel that 
they've gone far enough and I'm, sh- I'm sure he does that's why he, he wrote and said those words so it's a tightrope there are it's but that's the world we live in and so I'm sure I'm sure there's gonna be lots of commentary in the weekend papers and there will be big um sort of dissecting of of how this tour has gone because it's it hasn't been sort of a throwback to one of the queen's big big popular caribbean tours or you know loads of people coming out onto the streets like a harry and Meghan tour in uh, in australia but they're um we're in a very very different position within the world right now so why we will we'll, maybe we'll dissect it i think we'll dissect it and we'll get in on on, on the um on the podcast as well and uh, if i've got time i really want to get some maybe throw-ins from my colleagues who have been on the tour with me so we'll, we'll drop them into to next week's episode that'd be amazing yeah and like i said i know you've got to shoot off because i know you've got another engagement to go to but thank you so much for finding some time and i will mention quickly because i've not mentioned it yet looking very smart not that you don't normally look very smart for our podcast, but we've got a full full shirt today. This is a much better effort than normal. Can we, I let's do look start very this. Pale. I need to get out <laughs> into the sun. But, um, oh, do you know what I want to mention? I want to mention um, Megan's podcast as well before we go. Oh, yeah. So this actually dropped just after I spoke um, with Rebecca earlier for the kind of first half of this podcast. Um, so we've yeah, finally got some new details of that, um, the next kind of... Megan's podcast it's going to be focusing on women and the stereotypes um that that are placed on women how it affects them and she's going to be speaking to um, historians experts and kind of powerful women to find out how they are you know kind of defined by these you know different stereotypes negative or positive and yeah it sounds like it's really interesting I think we'd kind of guess she was going to do something around this theme but the stereotypes line I think is quite interesting yeah, it is. I mean, I think um, I'm just reading up it now. New show hosted by the Duchess investigating the labels and stereotypes that try to hold women back. Launching this summer, archetypes will feature uncensored conversations with historians, experts, and women who know all too well about typecasts and who that can influence and change the narratives. I think huge. This is going to be huge because. Um, uh, she, she will pull in the big guns. I mean, you, you would imagine she will have lots of very powerful famous women and and women who have overcome adversity to to rise up through the ranks in whatever industry and field that they have um become successful in so i think it's hugely exciting interesting that i mean undoubtedly i think that's fair comment that the first podcast was launched with harry in it and they've definitely gone in a different direction this definitely feels to me a more sensible approach to yeah. try and have a real identity rather than having them two just chatting away because you know yeah. that will just be like our podcast exactly so... and then get great guests on there and it will be brilliant but no i'm looking forward to seeing what happens with that so yeah and can't wait to catch up with you and ian properly next week apologies to all our viewers for the slightly chaotic theme to this week's podcast um as it's, it's all the fun of a tour isn't it it's trying to record remotely and it is good but i yeah, next week will be a bit more settled. So thank you very much for joining uh, me, Russell. And I'm now going to, I'm going to hand back to me. Well, that all sounds so interesting so far. And I'm really looking forward to ca- catching up with uh, both of you as soon as you get back and hearing all about your, all about your trips and all the fun highlights and things that happened. So we're just going to look ahead quickly now to next week. We've got an awful 
busy week. There's lots and lots of things going on. But the main event will obviously be on March the 29th, which is the memorial to Prince Philip. This is going to be a Thanksgiving service at Westminster Abbey. There's going to be loads of people there. Uh, Members of the royal family will be attending. Members of royal families from elsewhere around the world. um, Representatives from the government and from the armed forces. And also there's thought to be 500 uh, kind of people from the many, many charities that he worked with or was patron of or chairman of during his you know decades and decades of service to the country and to the crown and and there was a kind of some details have been released just before we came in here haven't they yes so they said um, it will be a particular tribute to the duke of edinburgh's contribution to public life and his steadfast support for over 700 organizations Uh, so that will include obviously the likes of the duke of edinburgh award which will be no doubt there'll be representatives representatives for uh, that charity there. So then the uh, lots of European royals have been have had their attendance confirmed at the service, which will be lovely to see them all gathered together, as well as the three German princes that joined uh, the Queen and other royals at Prince Philip's memorial service um, in April last year, when there was just the thirty people that were allowed, and they were the nod to his German and uh, Greek heritage. And this is kind of, I think, why this event is going to be such an important day, because when Prince Philip did pass away, they couldn't have the big funeral that would, you know, that was fitting for someone, obviously, who's, you know, the other half of the monarch. And while it was widely documented at the time, that's probably what he wanted and probably was quite happy, as you know, throw me in the back of the Lamb Rover <laughs> was that famous quote. But this will be a great opportunity for the people he worked with really closely over the years to pay a proper tribute to the, you know, all the things he did, all the messages uh, that he, you know, gave and campaigned for and the causes. So it'll be a really special day, actually. It'd be lovely to see the you know more of a celebration I think mm. which always you know a funeral is obviously kind of saying goodbyes isn't it but this will I hope be a really good celebration of you know what he achieved yeah no just the question of whether the queen uh, can get there now it's understood that she wants to be there and understandably she wants to be there to say you know the final final goodbye to her husband of 73 years but you know who knows if she will um hopefully she'll be there but obviously it's, you know, it's a far way to walk up the Abbey. So who knows with the mobility rumours that um, whether she'll be able to make it. We hope so. Yeah, fingers crossed we get to see her that um, at that event because I think it will be, and, and I imagine that she will be doing, you know, really, really will be committed to being there. Um, but, you know, I'm sure if she can't, you know, it will be, she'll pay tribute in other way. Um, and other members of the royal family are obviously due to come as well. And it will be really nice to see actually members of, other royal families come mm. together because you don't really get to see that apart from on you know royal weddings, royal, yeah. Yeah, weddings and at visits you don't get to see that that often so I always really enjoy kind of seeing them interact and mm. I think it's really interesting yeah no absolutely it'll be nice to see so uh, Queen Marguerite of Denmark is one royal that is confirmed and she was just with uh, Duchess of Cambridge in Denmark which you know again and she is known to be quite close to the Queen herself so whether they whether the queen is there and they can have that special interaction will be lovely to see. Yeah. 
and nice for you know the, the British royal family to have that support around them and to oh, yeah, know absolutely. they've got that that support from all different corners um, of the globe which is lovely well thank you so much for joining me today no Rebecca thank you so much it's been lovely to have you and as I said next week we'll have all the details from the tour but um, until then we are on social media and Twitter and Instagram at Podsave where I've been sharing as many lots of photos that v- uh, Vogel has taken of the tours um, which are all brilliant but until then Pod save the queen! <laughs> <laughs>